You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Friday, August 20, Just Baseball Show, and Peter Apple, tell me that I'm wearing a sweet hat or we're no longer friends. That hat is sick. You're wearing the dad hat, the Just Baseball version of the dad hat. We also have the rope hats available on our merch store. I'm personally a rope hat guy because my head is is enormous. What size new era hat do you wear? Uh, I wear a seven and an eighth. I have a small head. Seven and three fourths, I think, oh was the last God. time I checked. Like, I have a very large head. You're like so Megamind. It's, it's more than Megamind. So I need the rope hat because it adds some structure. While the dad hat looks better on you, while on me, I just look like a fat little child in it. So, so you know, if you've got a big head, consider the rope hat. If you've got a littler head, that's better for the dad hat. And then the shirts yeah. are nice. I mean, I'm wearing the T-shirt. You see this. Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, my next step, I think, is the T-shirt. But Kendall McKee, he he hooked us up with the gear, and he uh, put together a, a great spot. And there's a link directly on JustBaseball.com to go get your merch, right? It's also on our Instagram. Yes, it's on our website. It's also on our Instagram. It's on our link tree in our bio on TikTok, on Twitter, Instagram, Just Baseball merch slash spotify or not spotify shopify there's a lot of different apps slash shopify Look, oh, we're on spotify we are on spotify you're probably listening to us on spotify or apple podcasts my favorite saying is wherever you get your podcasts <laughs> like because we're there do you listen to other podcasts on other channels besides apple or spotify i'm a spotify person yeah i'm an apple guy but i like spotify too yeah i that might be the reason that we're not friends anymore. You complimented my hat, but I'm Spotify. You're Apple. It feels like Team Edward and Team Jacob. We've it got feels a like you're show. looking. It feels like you're looking for ways to not be friends with me. I yeah, I'm. You know, dude, my pay's just not good enough. With this. <laughs> uh, we've got a loaded show. We got to talk about two good pitchers, one really bad pitcher. Then we're going to talk about a team that looks really bad this week. And that changed this week. They looked good. And then what the hell happened? And I'm going to look like an idiot on TikTok soon because we called them a top 10 surprise of the year. They're pitching and now their pitching sucks. Uh, We're going to talk about that team with Colby Olsen. We're referring to the Boston Red Sox. We thought they were a pleasant surprise. Turns out they're a train wreck after Chris Sale came back. Uh, But 
that is in large part thanks to the Yankees sweeping them on the heels of Heel. Luis Heel, through his first three career major league starts, has thrown 15 and two-thirds shutout innings. He struck out 18, and he's walked seven guys. He's got a whip of 1.021. He's already got a war over one, and he's three starts into his big league career. He's the truth. He is the truth. And I tweeted out after his first outing, I said, I've watched this guy for three full innings now. He's the second best pitcher on the Yankees. But he seriously, he's not, but he seriously has that type of stuff. He throws 96. He tunnels very well with the fastball off that 85-mile-an-hour slider. And he also mixes in a changeup, which he throws about 9% of the time. He's got three real pitches, and that changeup averages 92.5. The fastball is at 96, and the slider is at 85. My only, like, if I could improve Luis Heal, because the, the command has been okay. He had four walks in his last start. So that's the only thing we got to work on. But this guy is still super young, and he is going to be a mainstay in the Yankees rotation for a while now because he looks like a young Severino. He does look like a young Sevy. That's a great point. Also, the command is just par for the course with young mm-hmm. flamethrowers with a nasty slider. It, it happens. It happens with everybody. That's how that works. Rob Friedman, our guy, pitching ninja, his first MLB start, he clipped off a fastball at the top of the top. The he clipped <laughs> off a fastball at the top of the zone from heel at 99. Yeah, that was the hardest 99 I've ever seen. It looked like it was 108 miles an hour, and it's easy, right? Easy. Not only not it's it's easy gas. It looks like no effort. There's not a lot of moving parts. In his, in his windup, uh, it's just, it's clean, it's fast, and it's right at you. He doesn't look like he's scared of anybody. I mean, think about it. He just went four and two-thirds, three hits against the Red Sox. Yeah, he had four walks, but he also had four strikeouts. And that's a big game. He was on a big stage in the second game of a doubleheader after the Yankees already won the first one. We're expected to lose. He goes out there and shoves against one of the best lineups in baseball. Luis Heel is... He's so goddamn exciting, and the Yankees haven't had that really energetic, young starting pitcher that we can latch on to since Luis Severino. That's why I make the comparison, but Luis Heal is bigger and probably more well-suited to be a starter long-term when you're comparing the two. And it seems right now far more durable than Severino. Right? I mean, we... With the Yankees, it's always like, well, let's wait and see if he really is durable. <laughs> He's been durable, but let's see. It's always with the Yankees. It's like, God damn it. These guys are so well, do so well, and then they get hurt immediately, and they're out for a couple months. And then you're like, oh, I remember him. Does great. Gets hurt again. So we'll see. Wait and see attitude here. Now, at the beginning of the year, nobody, I mean nobody, would value Luis Heal higher than Davey Garcia. Are or Clark Schmidt. Are we valuing Luis Heal higher than Davey Garcia now? Yes. I like Devi. I like Devi. Easy yes for you. Easy yes. I mean, from what I've seen from Luis Heal, like I said, he is the most exciting young Yankee starter since Luis Severino. Yeah. Devi is okay, and he still has a lot of room to work with. Um, He's got a decent fastball. He's got a good curveball. He needs to work on his command. He doesn't overpower pitch hitters, but he can work. 
you know, he could command the ball pretty well in the zone. There's just some stuff I don't love about Devi. I don't love that he's so short and only throws 91, 92. I don't love that. But that's kind of a simplistic look at it. But the numbers speak for themselves. He hasn't been great since he debuted for the Yankees. Clark Schmidt's been up and down and hurt. This is the guy. Luis Heal is a guy who I'm going to look at in a couple years and be like, that was the time where he made his mark in the rotation and has stayed there since. I I even put on Twitter, the Luis rotation. Yeah, this is 2023's rotation. You got Garrett Cole, then you got Luis Severino, then you got Luis Heal, then I'm throwing Jordan Montgomery in there, and then I have Luis Medina, who we saw in the Futures game, who also throws gas. 100. 100. He needs to work on some stuff. He needs to work on his command, but he's got similar type of stuff to Luis Heal, Luis Severino. The Yankees got a lot of young right-handers who throw gas. Yeah, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up hope on Davey yet. I, I I'm not. Him. No, I'm not. I'm not. I, I. What do you think about him? I'm a big fan. Five nine is tough as a starting pitcher. I know we say height doesn't matter, but five nine is a starting pitcher. He's got to get over that. Well, you it's, just have to have other things that are so good about you, right? And like I, you have to have an electric fastball or electric command or electric off speed. And I wouldn't say he does. Yeah. So I, I think he's got good stuff. I don't know if he has yeah. electric stuff. His curveball when it's on is beautiful. It's his best pitch. It's amazing. If you can couple the fastball with a slider and that big dropping curveball, I think Davey Garcia is a two or a three. But the question is, is he going to have that at all times? And the answer is getting closer to no as the months go along and more guys rise to the top like Luis Heal and Luis Medina. I want to ask you about the Yankees playoff rotation. Who is it right now? If you had to go with four, who would it four. be? Okay. Well, it's Garrett Cole. Well, yeah. okay. Is, is is everyone healthy? So who projects to be healthy? Cole, Tyon, Montgomery. Does Domingo Herman? He's on the 10 day right now. He I, He's not going to be in my rotation. In the playoffs. Nestor so Cortez. So Cortez. Love me some Nestor. Heaney and Heal. What about... Yeah, I mean, Kluber? Severino, is he going to come back healthy? Is Kluber going to come back healthy? Those are the questions. It, Kluber is on a rehab assignment. Sevy's getting closer. Let's say they're all healthy. Let's say everyone's healthy. I got Cole. I have Sevy. I have Kluber. Uh, I don't know Monty or Tyon, but one of those over heel. Do you have one of those? Oh, I would not have heel. I would have heel coming out of the bullpen, revving up. Put Herman back there. If Tyon doesn't make it, put Tyon back there. Then that's a real bullpen. Isn't I mean, it, it kind of takes over for the fact that Britain sucks and Chapman has been hit or miss. Wiseka is the truth, and Chad Green has had his blow ups, but he's still a solidish reliever. Yeah, and then you got. You got some other guys in there too, but Nestor. you got Nestor who you could plug in the back end. So they can honestly take a lot of those starters, make them good bullpen pieces. And then let's say Severino has a rough start. Like you can then put decent starters in the back end. So the Yankees have a lot more depth. They're not super top heavy, but they're so deep. 
Yeah, let's send the good vibes into the interview with Colby because we're going to need him there because it's such a negative topic, the Red Sox right now. <laughs> and I feel like Colby's going to be pretty pissed when we talk I to him. I can't wait. Let's talk about the shittiness first. <laughs> Jake Arrieta's a Padre. That sucks. What are they doing? I don't, I don't know. If they wanted to get worse, they did it. I think it's funny to talk about the worst pitchers in baseball. because it It's funny. And the thing is with the Jake Arrieta curve, it's so weird. I was looking at his fan graphs this morning. It's like a, it's like a big roller coaster, right? It's like one long roller coaster. When he was with the Orioles, he was terrible. Around a five, six CRA, not that good. Then, then he goes off. Then he goes to the Cubs, and he's a Cy Young candidate. He's got an ERAs in the twos, and then it's right back up to how he was in Baltimore with the Padres, with how how many other teams has he been on? He was on the Cubs again. He was in Philly. And then just, I mean, it's that bell curve. It was so, so bad, really, really, really elite, and then all the way back to the worst that it's been, and now he has a 7.13 ERA. But I also tweeted out um, that Jose Quintana is still making his case for worst pitcher in baseball after giving up five earned runs in an inning and a third against the Tigers. Yeah, he's he's horrible now. It sucks <laughs> because they were both former Cubs and both former Chicago pitchers that were at the top of their game in Chicago. Like Arietta won a Cy Young. People he won forget. a freaking Cy Young. I even he, asked you, I was like, did Jake Arietta win a Cy Young? We were on the phone. I was like, he did, didn't he? Yes, he did. He he did. He won the Cy Young in 2015, went 22 and six with a 177 ERA through four complete games. And he had an ERA plus at 215, which means that he was 115% better than league average. Wow. His ERA plus was at 215 the year he won the Cy Young. What do you think Jake Arietta's ERA plus is at this year? <laughs> think about all those shit years in Baltimore. Let me just tell you that this is worse than any of those shit years in Baltimore. I can't even give you a good guess. Okay, so you know that his you know that his ERA is seven one three right now. Yeah. In eighty nine and two thirds innings, how many hits has Arietta allowed? Eighty nine and two thirds. Yeah. I'm gonna say he's given up hundred and fifteen hits. Hundred and twenty hits. Oh, that was close. What do you think his WHIP is in eighty nine and two thirds innings? One eight five. One seven eight. Oof. Yeah, you're close. ERA plus here. Jake Arietta's ERA plus in 2021 across 21 starts is 58. Ah. Uh, He's almost half of the replacement level pitcher. Half. He's almost he's he's a little bit better than half as good as the replacement level pitcher. I mean, he sucks. <laughs> He sucks. And a contender went to get him to try and stave off the Reds. I just like, I, I just don't understand it. Was AJ Preller thinking that he'd find something? I don't what know. What are you going to find in a 35 year old who was 90 miles an hour and none of his stuff moves? I think I, I want to say that I understand the thinking, but I don't understand the thinking. I, I think the the initial thought of going to get Jake Arietta was let's go get a seasoned big league arm to try and be this guiding light for the rotation. 
while also staying sturdy. Arietta has not really had many injury issues over his career. Yeah, that's true. He's just kind of sucked. Yeah, over for the a last while. Couple of years. Yeah, since his Cy Young, he's just kind of been shitty. See, I would have signed Cole Hamels over Jake Arietta. I would have signed the Cole Dodgers when I got him. I just, well, here's the thing. Arietta went to San Diego after the Dodgers got Hamels. No, I know. Yeah. So Arietta might have been the only option that fits some of that criteria. That sucks for them. They needed Max Scherzer at the deadline. And they didn't get him. You know what also sucks? Jacob deGrom is 99% likely that he will not throw another pitch this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sucks. It's so brutal. And the Mets still felt the need to go get Javi Baez and mortgage the future center fielder. They either didn't know about DeGrom. I I can't explain why they would do that. They must have had no idea, but it hasn't been that long since the trade deadline. Did he just suffer another setback that was so bad? Why did they do that? They know that they're not going to compete without him. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like They're not winning a World Series with Marcus Stroman as your Walker. As good as Stroman and Taiwan Walker have been been this year. But, like, you need the DeGrom. Like, that's the point of the Mets. He's one of the best players in the world. That's why we had the Mets as contenders. But without DeGrom, it's just not the same. Tyler McGill cannot be your three in a playoff series. Although Tyler McGill, Tyler, he prefers being called Tyler McGill over Tyler McGill. Tyler McGill, and I get every name wrong anyway, but I got Tyler McGill. Is that correct? Tyler, yes. Holy shit. (laughs) Interesting. I just want to go through the frontline starters for the past couple of World Series winners, just for fun. You cool with that? I think it's important to say. I think it's important to say, too. So if the Mets thought that they could contend and achieve these goals that Steve Cohen has been tweeting about and tweeting again about how unprofessional his professional hitters are, F that, dude. RM and I talked about that on the Monday episode. He's he's immature. He's an immature owner. Uh, and Almost like he just found out what OPS is. Yeah, it, it kind of <laughs> felt like that. It also kind of feels like he just found out what the 10th overall pick was too. And he's tweeting about that. I don't know. He's just learning about all this stuff. Right. And listen, supply the money. Let the baseball people handle the baseball. I mean, has Sandy Alderson done so well in his time? I I could see the Mets cleaning house after this. I could see him getting so upset. And it's not even totally all of Sandy Alderson's fault, the GM of the Mets. Yeah. The product, like the players on the field are really good. It's just they're not performing. So I feel that Steve Cohen is going to look at that and say, you know what? I have all the money in the world. I can do whatever I want. And this isn't working. And it hasn't worked for the past 20 years. So we're just going to clean house no matter what, even if we're trending in the right direction. And listen, New York is an easy sell on an executive. Oh, yeah. Some sort of executive is going to want to come to the Mets with – that payroll and those pieces to play with. And the te- and you have a good pick next year too? Easy sell. Easy sell there. But I do want to run through the frontline starters. Just to, just to give people an idea that the Mets, although they thought somehow they could be buyers, they could not contend without Jacob deGrom and Noah Syndergaard. Start with 2020, the Dodgers won the World Series. Their best pitchers were Clayton Kershaw was on that team, Walker Bueller. Julio Urias looked great. Who am I missing here? Dustin May. 
Dustin May. Let's go to 2019, the Washington Nationals. Steven Strasburg was the World Series MVP. They also had Max Scherzer and Patrick Corbin before he sucked. Don't forget about Anibal. Don't forget about Anibal Sanchez. You're right. 2018, the Boston Red Sox. They were led by Chris Sale at the peak of his powers. And Yovaldi was really good. That's true. They, they, that was a team that didn't have a ton of pitching, but they had Chris Sale. They had and, the, and the Mets don't have a Chris Sale. They had a top time. five pitcher in baseball at the time. They had Chris Sale. 2017, the Houston Astros. They had Justin Verlander. Not bad. They had McCullers to throw a game bad. seven. McCullers when he was good. Uh, Cole was not on that team yet, correct? Grinky. Granky was on that team. I do believe. Yes, Granky was on that team. Okay, so you've got Justin Verlander and Zach Granky. Those are two bonus. I mean, you can just stop at Verlander. Like, right. they don't have a Verlander. They have so Justin like- Verlander. Exactly. 2016, the Cubs had John Lester, one of the best postseason pitchers of all time. They also had a really solid Kyle Hendricks, and they had Cy Young caliber Jake Arrieta. Let's oh, go back. The, oh, Let's how go- the turntables. Right, exactly. Let's go back two more years. 2015, the Kansas City Royals had a gas-pumping Jordano Ventura, the late, great Jordano Ventura, but they also had guys that could show up in the postseason, right? That's probably the outlier here because Edison Volquez was really good for them. But they had one of the best bullpens ever, which yeah. the Mets do not have. They have right. the Jerry's Familias of the world, the Edwin Diaz's of the world, who are good in spots and have good stuff, but have blown a lot of games for the Mets this year. Right. James Shields, big game James. was Big game James. That was real. And when you get through six, the game was over for them because you handed it over to Kelvin Herrera and his 101 and then Wade Davis and his 99 and then Greg Holland and his stuff. And then we finish up with 2014 in the San Francisco Giants, Madison Bumgarner. Enough said. Was Matt Kane really good then, or as did he Kane, trickle off by then? Well, Kane was good in, I think, 2010 and 2012 when they won. Yeah, I was wondering if he was, like, really good in 2014. I know he was on the team, and I know he was pitching. I just didn't know if he was, like, that dude still in 2014. I don't think so. I think that was just the Mad Bum show. And you can fill in not with bad. anything else. Not bad at all. Mad yeah, bum. The greatest postseason by any pitcher ever, probably. Before, at least one of them. It's true. Before we get to Colby Olsen, Shohei Otani, two nights ago, hit his 40th home run. He's the first of 40. He also threw eight innings of one-run ball, striking out eight, walking none, and getting the win against a good Tigers team right now. He has the most home runs for any Angels lefty ever in a season and it's august do you know who he beat i saw your tweet just say it reggie jackson bro that's reggie jackson that's reggie jackson mr october and he i mean there was another tweet he's the first to ever have 40 home runs and 15 stolen bases in a season since ken griffey jr and we're just talking about the hitting and he's got a sub three era in 100 120 hitters in a hundred innings. He's lost one game. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. It's the greatest season we've ever seen by a baseball player ever. He's the most if talented. If he continues. He's the most talented baseball player ever. What do you mean if it continues? The season could stop right now, and I could call him the most talented player ever. 2021 Shohei Otani is the best baseball player to ever play the sport. That's nuts. It's stupid, and I don't think... I really understand the gravity of what I'm saying when I'm saying, but 
It's true. It's it's simply true. Nobody has ever done what he has done at such a high level. He's the best power hitter in the game. He's a top 10 base stealer in the game. And yeah, he's that's a top the crazy. 15, right? He's a top 15 pitcher in the game. He does everything really good. You're not really supposed good. to be able to do that. And yet, here we are. Here we are. Do you think, let's say he put up more hypotheticals. Let's say he put up next year, hit 250, hit 30 home runs, pitched to a 3-8 ERA. Would you still call him the MVP? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, if, if Vladdy, okay, so if those are his numbers this year, and yeah. Vladdy's doing what he's doing, so Vladdy wins the triple crown, I think you give it to Vladdy. But the if fact is... the Blue Jays make the playoffs, I think if both don't make the playoffs, I still think you give it to Otani. I can probably. I, here's the thing. You say 3-8 ERA. It's a, it's a different story because 3-8 makes him a middle-of-the-pack starting pitcher. That's he's what I was asking. A, he's got a sub-3 ERA. What is it, 279? Yeah, or two nine seven, I want to say. No, I think it's lowered. Ah, uh, I don't. Let's check right now, man. I'm googling. I'm googling on the pod. You're googling on the Google machine. Yeah, don't get angry. Don't get angry. Don't get angry. Standard pitching. Where are we at? I gotta scroll down. See, he's got two full stat pages on Baseball Reference. Standard pitching. No, you're right. Two seven nine, not two nine seven. He's got a two seven nine ERA. His ERA plus is at 168, which means he's 68% better than the league average pitcher. His OPS plus is at <laughs> 165, which means he is 65% better than the league average hitter. That's all you need to say. We're done. He's the best. There's nothing else to say. If you call him overrated, you're stupid. That's it. All right, He's let's the talk. best. MVP locked it in. All right, let's talk to Colby Olsen about the Red Sox. Colby Olsen is heavily involved in numbers. He's also heavily involved in just baseball, and I'm going to throw you a number right away. First of all, Colby, how are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm better than you guys probably thought I'd be doing today, but I'm doing well. Yeah, actually, I... <laughs> I kind of prefaced this uh, during the intro to the podcast with he might put us in a bad mood, so we got a lot. I am a very happy man right now. Oh, God. That's, <laughs> that's a disgusting image to see, but, you know, I think, I think by the end of this episode, people will realize that the Red Sox are not as in much trouble as we thought. Okay, so... Number number one, that you have to tell me why it's not time to slam the panic button. The Red Sox have the sixth worst staff ERA in the month of August. It's at 499. That's really bad, Colby. Really bad, <laughs> but it is a little bit skewed as Garrett Richards and Martin Perez have exited the rotation. Uh, Chris Sale just made his debut on August 12th, shoved as he usually does. Had a couple mistakes, but... All in all, an amazing start from him. He looks like his old self. And Tanner Houck has returned as well um, and really does look like a solidified number two arm. In 31 innings as a starter this year, he has 41 strikeouts and only six walks to his name um, and has just looked the part. So 
I think the addition of those two arms, in addition to Erod having probably the most unlucky starting pitching season I've ever seen, um, his ERA is at four nine seven with xFIP, FIP, xERA, whatever you want to go to, um, are all under three six. So really unlucky there for Erod, striking out his career high twenty nine percent this year, um, and then Nick Pavetta's holding it down. You know, he's holding down the, uh, the uh, end of that rotation. So I think in a playoff series, those four can definitely, you know, contend with anyone. And you just saw Chris Sale come back. I mean, and he shoved in his, in his last outing for the Red Sox, and he's going to be a huge boost for them moving forward. What did you see from Sale? And do you think that he can return back to the top five pitcher, top 10 pitcher in baseball that Chris Sale once was? Yeah, I do. I think Sale is still there as a top 10 pitcher. I think he's the velocity is not going to be 97, 98 anymore, um, but he can still contend at 92 to 95. We saw in the start um, against the Orioles the other day that he varied speeds. So he, his fastball was anywhere from 90 to 96. And then the slider was anywhere from like 74 to 82. So he, you know, without the elite velocity that he once had, he's still succeeding by varying speeds and, and keeping hitters off balance, which is, you know, really important. It's, it's kind of a um, CC Sabathia-esque move as they age. Um, no. So I, I think Sale will be fine. To finish answering that question, he's also a psychopathic nut job, and that's the best <laughs> thing ever. So I think he's going to be fine. I think he is enough of a psychopathic nut job to get back to the Cy Young level of stuff that Chris Sale has, regardless of if the actual stuff diminishes. He'll just will his way to it. Yes. That, He'll just that, get so mad. He was like, I'm just going to destroy. It's kind of like Scherzer. But doesn't that seem like the type of guy he is? He and Matt yeah. Scherzer are the two most crazy people in baseball, and that's why they're two future Hall of Famers. Oh, yeah. And his presence in the clubhouse is unmatched. From what I've heard, having him back in, in the dugout and you know working with the arms is, is you know unlike anything else. No one else can replicate what he brings to the table. So, uh, Colby, um. My uh, my Yankees, they played your Red Sox this past weekend, trounced them, basically just sent them to the dirt. You know, they basically pronounced them dead on sight. You know, if you want to be a professional What did you think about the baseball, series, Colby? Hold on. What hold did on, you hold think on. about it? Before you answer that question, Pete, if you want to be a professional baseball talker, you have to not be a dick about the Yankees. <laughs> yes, I can. It's my show. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, I think the first point I will bring up is that two of the games were seven inning ball games, which I think should be abolished next season. Um, I'm not a fan I of the doubleheader. It just seems like a fake baseball game. Um, but secondly, I will say that last night's game was a big blow. It felt deflating to say the least. And the Red Sox. Andrew Heaney. Yes. And I, and I <laughs> texted you yesterday and said, if we get shut out by Andrew Heaney, the season's <laughs> over. So I think that was obviously, you know, an exaggeration text, but it was a deflating loss. I will say that the outfield defense with J.D. Martinez in right field needs to go. That cannot happen. Um, that was two runs scored on an error by J.D. Then, you know, Dahlbeck's bad defense. Um, but the problem with J.D. Martinez in the outfield is that Hunter Renfro then has to play center field. Kike Hernandez moves to second. And Kike is a gold glove center fielder, but at second base, he's actually 
about a league average second baseman. So you're losing a lot of defensive value by having him at second base. Um, so the defensive woes have been strong. Also, the bullpen has been a big issue for the Red Sox. Um, sixth highest ERA in the last month, you know, but that that's just part of the ebb and flow of baseball is bullpens come and go. They get hot, they get cold. Um, so I think eventually, you know, the bullpen will be, be coming back. The biggest problem, though, is Adam Adovino. You know, as we saw, the stolen bases are an issue. Um, he has negative five defensive runs saved as a pitcher. He's given up a reliever. stolen bases this year, which leads the league. And that's as a reliever. So you have to imagine, like, pretty much every time he's on the mound, he's getting stolen on. So hard to think about. That's bad down the stretch, too. If you need him in, in critical innings in playoff time and you just got guys running, taking second, I mean, a walk turns into a double with him. It really does. Yeah, in high-leverage situations with runners on base, he can't be counted on. I mean, if they're on second base, sure, but if a guy hits a single, he's getting to second. And mixed with Ploiecki's noodle arm behind the plate, yeah. it's, it's an issue. That was awesome, Sid. Um, but beyond that, I mean – the, the encouraging things for the Red Sox are the lineup has been strong. Um, since July 15th, there's only two batters on the Red Sox that have below 100 WRC+. Plus. Jaron Duran, who's a wow. rookie who came up and struggled, and Christian Vasquez, who has struggled most of the year. And, like, he looks like a guy that was primed for an extension, and I don't think that's going to happen now. Um, but the Red Sox lineup has been solid. And as I said, I think the rotation is its strongest it's been all season. Um, so I think that this is just one of those, you know, collapses, month collapses, but they can turn it around easily. I mean, we saw the Yankees were 10 and a half games back of the Red Sox and now they're a game up. So like anything can happen. Well, the Yankees still- are just built totally different. They're built like really strong and handsome and fast <laughs> and good at baseball. Well, the Red Sox, ugly, short, fat, gross, bad at baseball. You got a good equation there for a good team and a bad equation for a bad one. I'm sorry. Uh, you want to? I'm not even going to respond to that if we're being honest. <laughs> Wait, can I? I need to ask you one thing though. So you got into a a, a TikTok, Twitter beef, whatever, TikTok. with a fan who was saying that he thinks that Matt Chapman is much better than Rafael Devers, and you took that to heart. Tell me about it. It's a mess. Yes. This guy on TikTok made this whole third base rankings list, and he put Matt Chapman sixth. And Rafael Devers, ninth. And I thought he was out of his mind. He was quoting that Devers plays the worst third-base defense in the league, which is not true. I think he plays league average defense. But the thing you have to look at with Rafael Devers is he's the best-hitting third baseman in the league currently, and he's only 24 years old. So, like, he hasn't even hit his prime yet. Um, So crazy he's 24. I could see Rafael Devers winning an MVP in the future. Um, I think he would have to improve his defense a little bit, but he's only 24. It can happen easily. Um, so, yeah, Devers is a beast. Hey, Colby, words to live by here. Lions don't concern themselves with the opinions of a sheep. So you got to <laughs> just let that one roll off your back. Yes. yes. Uh, let's, focus on, let's focus on a good number real quick. Pete, I'm going to cut you off because I actually want to say some good things about the Red Sox. Uh, I don't. The Red Sox, since the All-Star break, have the third-best team OPS in the American League. This offense is really good. And you mentioned they only have two guys since the middle of July with a negative – or not with a negative, with a WRC plus under 100, Duran and Vasquez. There are a lot of guys in here that are massive boppers that feel like if they do sneak into a wild-card setting, 
they can have big wild card games and they can have big ALDSs. You mentioned Devers. Xander Bogarts is a gamer. JD Martinez, the outfield experience is, is something to behold, but the bats there, what kind of guys am I missing that maybe go under the radar? Because those are the three that everybody thinks of when they think about the 2021 Boston Red Sox offense. I think the biggest name you're missing is Hunter Renfro. Um, mm-hmm. He has shocked me beyond belief this year. And I think he will hopefully resign with the Red Sox in the offseason. But this season, he's been amazing. I think he has like 25 bombs and, you know, he puts together great at bats and he's that perfect fifth hole hitter that can drive in runs with big power. I think the other name you're missing there is Kike. Uh, Kike Hernandez has been very good in the leadoff spot, provides a little speed, um, puts together good at bats too. He'll work a count to eight, nine pitches. And I love that. You like Verdugo? How much you like Verdugo? I do really like Verdugo. Um, I think he hasn't yet developed his offensive game fully. Um, The power is not there yet for him, and he's not tapping into his power. He has a lot of power. He's just not tapping into it. I think uh, he needs to elevate the ball a little bit more, but he's seemed timid at the plate recently. Um, He started the year off really hot and just has seemed timid lately. He's, you know, whiffing at a lot of outside sliders, and, and those are all just things that we see from hitters that aren't confident at the plate. So Verdugo will be fine, um, but I think, yeah, he has a lot of work to do uh, to become that all-star caliber player that I think he could be. Yeah. Are you confident in the Red Sox bullpen? Because I look at the closer and I see Matt Barnes, and I like Matt Barnes a lot. I look at the setup guy in Garrett Whitlock. I like Garrett Whitlock. He's a good rookie, but it's not that deep. Do you like this Red Sox bullpen? Like what, what's your feeling as a Red Sox fan when it hits the seventh inning and maybe Barnes or Whitlock might not be available? Yes. I was going to say, I was going to say here, what if the starter exits the game in a five, four game and you got to turn to like Sawamura in the sixth? Like, are you Taylor? Actually. So Josh Taylor is one guy that I actually am surprisingly confident in. Uh, The slider is really, really a good pitch and Lefty on lefty matchups, he's a menace. Um, but he surprised me this year. But our bullpen beyond Adovino and him is there's no one there. Yaxiel Rios does not look good. Um, That's a crazy know. first name, Yaxiel. Yaxiel, cool. yes. I like that. Um, we just traded for this guy, Austin, from the Pirates. I'm not like he could be something as a lefty. I'm not really sure. Phillips Valdez has struggled in big time spots this year. Um, so Darwinson Hernandez is as good of a pitcher as anyone when he's on. And when he's not on, he is wild thing from major league. <laughs> I mean, it's just a bit outside. You don't know where the ball is going. So in a playoff game, you're not going to be able to count on him. Um, so, yeah, the, the Red Sox bullpen does worry me, and I was really upset that they didn't go out and get a bigger name at the deadline to shore up the bullpen. Um, I think that was the biggest concern. Everyone's been focused on not getting Rizzo, but I think not getting an elite bullpen arm was the biggest you know, mistake for the Red Sox at the, at the deadline. Out there at the deadline, who did you want? Richard Rodriguez is the name that comes to my mind. Yeah, definitely Rich Rod. And – it doesn't like the Braves did not give up that much to get Rich Rod. They so didn't steal. It seemed like it was one of those last minute deals that it's like, 
did you even check in on them? Kind yeah. of. That's I, I sometimes I think those those guys go into the radar and the GM just swoops in there at the end and says, oh, they everyone forgot about this guy somehow. So um, I think the this trade deadline was definitely um, a, a seller's market. The sellers did very well for themselves with returns. So I think that Heim was kind of scared off of that um, and maybe gearing up towards next season when they think they have a better chance at World Series. Because remember, 2021 was still a developmental year for the Red Sox. And it still is, obviously. We're a playoff team, but it's still a developmental year. This isn't the final stage of the Red Sox rebuild. So, um, yeah, I think there's still a lot more to come for the Red Sox, even the next two to three years. Two questions. Number one, do you think that you'll make the playoffs? And if so, Jack was talking to me about the Yankees' playoff rotation what do you think the Red Sox playoff rotation would be now that Chris Sale's back and running? If you guys even make the playoffs, because it's no guarantee. Um, well, I obviously think the Red Sox will make the playoffs. I think they have as good of a chance of anyone in that, you know, A's, Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, four-man race. Obviously, the Rays are there too, but I think they're going to lock down the division. Um, so I think the, the Red – I could imagine a Red Sox Yankees wildcard game to remember. Sick. Chris Sale, Garrett Cole on the mound. It would be a game for the ages. Um, but in a playoff series. The Red Sox so hard in that series. <laughs> no. Game. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Sale yeah Cause you don't want to face the Yankees and you don't want the big daddy Yankees all over. Peter, I will, I will tell you this right now. Um, if that happens, we are going to be at that game. Absolutely. No where it is. And I will be in full Red Sox gear in the bleachers of Yankees. <laughs> I do not care. Um, but you might regret that. Not those, yet. Those people don't mess around. I've done it before. I've gotten paper towels thrown at me. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I was in the bleachers a couple days or a couple games ago. And um, a guy behind me, they called a low ball a strike against the Yankees. And some guy in the bleachers wished death upon the children of the umpire. He told the umpire to go get cancer. There was a lot of bad words coming out of the bleachers. And if you're in full Red Sox gear, I can only imagine. I've been, I've been to a Yankees game in the bleachers where the guy next to me looked up the right fielder's sister's name and <laughs> was just shouting her name at him. Man. I mean, it was brutal. Like they, people go to extensive lengths to get in these players' heads. It's, it's There's the line and then it's passed like so often in those bleachers. I love it. It's my favorite, one of my favorite plays to watch a game in baseball, but God, it just gets so aggressive. They're horrible human beings out there. No, no, they are not. We're not you, saying that. They're not horrible. <laughs> Some people, okay, yes. That dude who said that is, don't call the bleacher creatures horrible people. Don't say that. No, one of them wished that guy sucked. the umpire. Yes. I don't want to generalize the people. No, hold on, hold on. That is literally the formula to building a terrible human being. Yeah. <laughs> Wishing a terminal illness on somebody else. That is the perfect way to or make their children. yeah, terrible. Yeah, so, not ideal. Not ideal. Uh, not every Yankee fan is great. All right, answer Pete's question about the playoff rotation, and then I've got one more before we let you go. Sounds good, man. Uh, so playoff rotation, obviously sale number one. I think you got to go to Erod number two. He's held down really? all year wow. in absence. Um, people forget that that. Um, wait, oh, I said Erod, didn't I? 
Yeah, yeah Erod number oh, two. I meant Evaldi. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, no way. You, you no, like Erod that much? Um, I was like, Evaldi. No, no, I meant Evaldi, who has held down the rotation, obviously, and he is third in WAR. You know, he has a three high three ZRA, but his FIP numbers are all well below. Um, so I think it's got to be Evaldi, and then I would go to Hauk. I think you got to wow. go to Hauk because he has been electric on the mound when he's been on the mound. And he strikes out everyone. And in the playoff game, you need a guy that's going to come out and throw six innings shut out with like nine Ks. I think uh, you got to get Hauk on the mound. And then finally it's Erod with Pavetta as kind of the odd man out. Um, I like Pavetta more than Erod. You like Erod more than Pavetta? I guess you need a, uh, you already have sales lefty. I, I am still confident in Erod. And I think these last six weeks of the year are going to, you know, prove that Erod is still a great pitcher. I think he's just been so unlucky. I watched Pavetta, and I've watched Pavetta a couple times this year, but I watched him yesterday against the Yankees, and he looked good. He, is he good. just is a good pitcher. Really I mean, good. 95, he has good off speed. He commands the ball decently well. He's a good pitcher. He is. And unfortunately, we're going to have to face him a bunch. And he's not a guy who I look on the schedule and say, oh, that's an easy win. Like, that is a real, real pitcher in this league. Yeah. yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I really do think the Red Sox rotation is back. Um, it's five deep right now. So I think we definitely have a chance to make the playoffs still. But yeah, you go on, Jack. Ask your last question. Final question. Map out the American League East for me. Well, I like that. Map it out this season? End of the year. Final, of the day, year. The re- final day of the regular season, one through five. Give it to me. Okay. Rays, Red Sox, uh. Yankees, Blue Jays, the lowly Orioles. But I think that the Yankees and Red Sox will come down to that final weekend. So you think that the Yankees, even though they are now ahead of the Red Sox, will actually falter. The Red Sox are going to get hot again, and the Red Sox are actually going to finish in second place because now I feel like the Yankees just passed them up, and it's only going to keep increasing or at least stay somewhat the same. Peter. It's August. I get the saying that stocks only go up, but it is not true. Stocks do not only go up, they can fall and dip and then go back up and down like a wave. So I think that the end of the season, they're within a game of each other. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of back and forth. And I could see, when do they play next? When do the Red Sox and Yankees play next? Um, another thing is the Red Sox strength of schedule rest of the season is pretty easy. Um, you guys have to remember that the Red Sox had the toughest month in the last month. They played the Rays twice, the Blue Jays twice, and the Yankees twice with an Orioles series mixed in there. But they played a really tough schedule. So I think they're going to, you know, ease through some some easy series here in the future, which will be much needed. The Yankees play the Red Sox in Fenway Friday, September 24th, Saturday, September 25th, and then again on the 26th. And then the Yankees go play the Rays for their last series after facing the Mets. The Yankees... It'll be interesting to see what the Yankees do. Wow. Getting Kluber back is going to be absolutely massive for you guys. And Severino. People forget. If if he comes back, which is a big if at this point, because it's just looking increasingly more and more likely that he won't, or at least won't return to the same capacity that we've expected from Luis Severino. Six strong, seven strong. I just don't know if we're going to get that. He might just be a bullpen guy, but it's fine. We have Luis Heal, who's just a bigger version of him. Who is great. Who is great. great. 
Hey, I mentioned that the Red Sox have a five ERA in the month of August. You did mention the lowly Orioles. What do you think the Orioles ERA is in August before we let you go? 17 games, 17 oh, games. God, they've been serving up batting practice. Um, seven, eight. Pete? <laughs> a, don't tell me it's 7.8. I'm going to guess 5.3. Eight six. Oh God! I was low on seven eight. How is that actually possible? Seven Pat Harvey just sucking. Jorge Lopez just sucking. Keegan Aiken just sucking. Just so many guys. Just they just yeah. generate random video game generated dudes and just throw them out there like they're, they're just all, guys. Well, they like forty six overall. <laughs> Suck. <laughs> God, they're horrible. All right, Colby, good talking about the AL East, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You feel better about yourself now? You you got your Yankees whatever propaganda out there? I never get enough out. I never feel satisfied. It's just a free-flowing stream of suck-it Red Sox fans when we're doing well and trying to defend myself when we're doing poorly. Actually, I have been a pretty good Yankee fan this year. You have been a pretty good Yankee fan this year. I just want to point out that you said free-flowing stream right after you take a bathroom break. I did just urinate. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned the word stream as soon as you streams come are Streams are in my, you know, I'm thinking about them right now. <laughs> kind of felt like a layup there. <laughs> oh, all right, let's wrap but up. I, no, wait, I have been okay. a good Yankee fan this year. I have been. I was on them when they were bad, and now we're doing well, and I'm on them now. I'm not the Yankee fan who tries to, you know, pitch you some fake story about why they should be good when they're not. I'll tell you when they're bad. I'll tell you when they're good. And they're good right now. Yeah. I just think it's funny because like you and the rest of the Yankee fan base, when you lose six out of 10, Rome is burning. <laughs> like yeah. shit's going to the ground and you're like, I hate this team. This is a terrible baseball team. And then when they win seven of 10, they're like, yeah, they could win the world series. Totally. And I'll tell you why. Because when the Yankees are playing poorly, it's not that they're just playing poorly. It looks like they're giving up and not trying. So it's an infuriating product to watch because you see the Aaron Judges, the Giancarlo Stans, the Luke Voits, these enormous human beings. It looks like they're not putting the effort in. And then when they're winning, they look unstoppable. When the offense is clicking on all cylinders and then you add in the pitching and if the bullpen is firing as well, it looks like an unbeatable team. I mean, we just beat the White Sox. We just beat the Red Sox. Like there really aren't that many teams in baseball that can beat us when we're firing. But when we're not, it looks like we're watching the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's my opinion. That's how I watch the game. I'm, I don't know if Yankee fans would agree with me. I assume that they would. I'm not sure. All right. My dad does, though. Yeah, good for Mr. Apple. <laughs> Gotta love Mr. Apple. Shout out, Mr. Apple. Shout out, Mr. Apple. Shout out, Mr. McMullen, I guess, too. Why Shout not? out, Mr. McMullen. Yeah, we're shouting out our dads. <laughs> uh, let's finish talking about the MLB Top 100. Pipeline just updated their Top 100 and their Top 30 lists. Uh, there's, Prospects. Yeah, there's been a lot of change, and it feels like Arm should be on right now, but he isn't. I'm sure Arm and I are going to be talking about this. And also, 
just baseball.com's top 100 is going to be coming out soon and coming out soon. I think it's going to be good. And I think it's going to be a little bit be more better accurate. than this. I think it's going to be better than this. Although they did get some things right. They did pretty well overall. I think so. Uh, let's run through the top 10 right now. Adley Rutschman is the new number one prospect in baseball. That makes a lot of sense to me. Julio Rodriguez is number two. J-Rod can smack the baseball. Bobby Witt is three. Spencer Torkelson is four. Marco Luciano is the youngest guy and the only teenager in the top 10. He checks in at five. C.J. Abrams, although he's out for the rest of the year, is the sixth best prospect in baseball. Riley Green, seven. Grayson Rodriguez is the top pitching prospect in all of baseball. He's eight. Marcelo Meyer is the highest uh, rated 2021 draftee at nine. And Francisco Alvarez, the Mets catching prospect, is the 10th best prospect in baseball. That all kind of makes sense. And, you know, going into this year, Mackenzie Gore was the best pitching prospect in baseball. Gore shot down this list and Erod shot his way up. They got it right with the best one. I agree. And I think that one pitcher who I think is, well, there, I think there's two. I think Cavalli with the Nationals and I think Shane Baz with the Rays, they both rival Grayson for that top pitcher spot. I also don't understand why Marcelo Mayer is already at nine. Do you? No. I get that he's good, but is he already better or more projectable than a Francisco Alvarez who is most likely going to be an all-star level caliber catcher. Also a guy like Brennan Davis has been destroying baseballs. He's at 14. Right. Um, Tristan Cassis. I love with the Red Sox at 19 or at 18. I mean, we love Verdell Brujan and it was at 22 when Henry Davis went number one over Marcelo Mayer. And yet Henry Davis sits at 23. Yeah. So Meyer, I think it's Meyer. I don't think it's Mayer. Uh, is it Mayer or Meyer? I thought it was Meyer, Marcelo Meyer. All we know is Marcelo is at number nine, uh, and he's got the latest ETA of any of the top 10, 2024. Yeah. It feels early to put him in the top 10, especially when you have somebody like Jack Leiter, who's just outside at 12. I feel like Leiter could have very well been. Leiter is the second best pitching prospect in baseball per MLB.com. And uh, I feel like he could be in the 10 spot or the nine spot if you wanted to bump Alvarez up one. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I don't know. I'm just going to roll through this top 100 and point out some guys that I think are. I do that too. Rated. Here, you, how about this? We'll do this. You point out some guys who you think are too high and I'll point out some guys who I think are too low. Okay, fair. Uh, do want to give quick love for Brennan Davis, who checks in at 14. That's a great spot for Brennan Davis. Guy's going to be a star. Too high, you're going to hate this, Anthony Volpe at 15. He's pretty high. I didn't think he would be at 15. That's crazy. I mean, I love him. I love the prospect. But 15, I saw that ahead of Jason Dominguez, who's 17. I saw that, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's already better than Dominguez. Is he, is he really that guy? He's good. Yeah, good shortstop prospect. Remember, he played with Jack Leiter in high school. Is the Yankees' first round pick, went thirtieth overall. He's a good, he's a good player, and he's had an insanely good season. But is he fifteen? I don't know. I agree with you. It's a little high. I think Nick Lodolo is uh, too low. That's yeah. My he was going to be one of my guys who I said way too low. Yeah, I think he needs to be above Hunter Green, but he's not. He's like five spots under. I Hunter think Green. Hunter Green is too low. Have you been seeing what Hunter Green has been doing lately? One hundred and three. 
103, and he's actually pitching now. Yeah. I think with that athleticism, with that fastball, I mean, if we just even like we just look at his stats right now in 2021, he has a 3.16 ERA, he has 124 strikeouts in 88 innings. And the whip is at 1.13. He's got the stuff. It's all about once he just learns how to pitch. And he's learning how to pitch right now. I actually think Hunter Green is too low. Or too, yeah, too low. Too low. Interesting. Uh, I think Kiber Ruiz is too high at 19. It's a little high. Kate Cavalli is so low at 41. That's so low. It's so low. He should be so much higher. Also, Kristen Pache. He was nine last year. He's 40 now. I think yeah. he's only going to continue to drop because he just, I mean, he's a 22 year old. He's still got time, but right now he's hitting 111 with a 152 on base and he's slugging 206 in 22 games um, in the minor leagues right now in triple A, triple A, I guess, but it's not good. Um, it's not, not good. I think Alec Thomas is too low. I'm a big fan of Alec Thomas. Diamondbacks freak Any athlete. Why? He's a freak <laughs> athlete. He's a he's a fire hydrant that can mash, and he's also just fast as shit. He's got a great arm. The fielding is so there. Um, I am not the biggest fan of Tyler Soderstrom. He's at 46. Really? Yeah, I think he's a little bit too high. Interesting, because Dustin and Arm really like the bat. Why don't, why don't you think so? I don't think he has a wow factor there. Interesting. Kind of like not no, no pop, no, no differentiator. Yeah, no whoa. MJ Melendez is too low. Mm-hmm. He is one of the league leaders in home runs in the entire minor leaguers. As the entire minor leagues as a catcher and was a field first guy and is now coming in with the bat. I always love those types of guys, especially the catcher. And he's ranked at 73. Also, Gunnar Henderson at 80, the 20-year-old in high A right now, is a really good shortstop prospect for the Orioles. He's at 80. That just seems really low. And I know I, I just I see these guys, and I'm basically saying everyone's too low. Also, shout-out Sam Huff at number 100, has two home runs that went over 500 feet. Yeah, seriously. A couple other guys that I think are too low. J.J. Blade at 77. He has my um, though. He's been George Valera at 69 and Nick Gonzalez at 68. I think those guys are good. Uh, just want to point out two more names before we say goodbye. Mackenzie Gore all the way down to wow. two. What a fall from grace there. That's wow. tough. It's tough. And I then- mean, in, in AAA, 585 ERA, he has 12 walks in 20 innings. He, and hasn't, pitched only- since, he hasn't pitched since mid-June. Yeah, I mean, those are the stats. Those are what we've been working with for this season, and he's been hurt. Yep. And then Asa Lacey is a top 75 prospect in baseball. I don't see it right now. He can't throw strikes. I just think he's got the potential. It's so hard to keep him out of it. Also, Josiah Gray is at 54. Yeah, He's good. He's better than 54, and he's also a major leaguer. Hmm. I like the list, though. I don't think it's too – all the right names are in here. I mean – we love George Kirby and Emerson Hancock with the Mariners. They're at 35 and 36. Jose Barrero, we saw him at the Futures game as well. He's so good with the glove. Just a smooth criminal. Like, so glidey. Just so... 
you know, like that, moving the <laughs> shoulders. He was such a shoulders guy. Yeah, this is good for the audio podcast crowd. Yeah, no one can see me just like <laughs> weirdly turning my head. No, no. To try to describe smoothness. Man, yeah, I, I don't think they screwed this list up too bad, but there are some people that I'm just like, wow. It's like, why was he rated here if this guy's here? What kind of bases are you doing it on? That's why you guys are going to love the just baseball top 100 list because we've spent way more time I think on it than the MLB pipeline people do. I I'm not sure, you know, it's not, it's not fair to discount their work over there at MLB pipeline, but I can guarantee you that we're working extremely hard on this one. And it's going to be the best goddamn list you've ever seen. He is at Peter Apple 23 on Twitter. I am Jack underscore McMullen 11 on Twitter. We are at just BB media on Twitter. We are at just baseball fans on TikTok and Instagram, and we are twitch.tv slash just baseball on just Twitch. baseball fans on Twitch, twitch.tv slash just baseball fans. Also, if you could please leave us a five star review on Apple, it's the best way to show your support for our podcast. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. You got any trailing words as we go? Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. No, thank you, everybody. <laughs>